It's National Milk Chocolate Day. And you know, with everything running out, all these shortages, I think we're okay on milk chocolate. So uh, that's what I'm gonna use to take a bath. This is today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Yeah, National Milk Chocolate Day today. Uh, it, it seems like we we have an okay supply of it right now. Um, I could be wrong. Who knows? This stuff changes every day. I just found out we're, we've are we got a shortage of avocados. Um, so <laughs> we'll talk more about that in, in a couple of days here, but oh man, we're, we're running out of everything, including water here in California. But you know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to make your day. We're going to forget about all these shortages. This is going to help you to have a better day. According to consumer reports, and this is a quote in an analysis of studies involving over 20,000 people, researchers at the university of Aberdeen in Scotland suggested that those who ate the most chocolate on average had a lower risk of coronary heart disease and stroke. There you go. It's not just dark chocolate. It's also milk chocolate. Just have a ton of chocolate today. (laughs) It'll make you feel better. Chocolate always makes you feel better, right? So there you go. National Milk Chocolate Day. Hopefully I turned your day around uh, with (laughs) whatever's going on. All right. It's also a Buffalo Buffalo Soldiers Day today. Uh, This is celebrating the contributions of some of the earliest African-American troops in the United States military. Yeah, the military was segregated back then. Uh, they, They had the Buffalo Soldiers who, well, really, no one really knows for certain why they got the name. Um, But we do know that later on, they became one of the first National Park Rangers, the the Buffalo Soldiers did. Uh, They went to Yosemite in California, and basically they were there to protect against poachers, fight wildfires, and build infrastructure. In fact, many of the trails that they built are still used today. It's also today National Water Park Day. Now, with uh, reopenings and hopefully reopenings, we'll say, of uh, water parks, the CDC has uh, basically come out with some rules, I guess you'd say, or um, things that we should do. Okay, basically they say socially distance while in the water and that a mask is not required because it's not safe for, you know, to wear a mask in the water. Okay, what does this mean to us? And I'm going to make your day a little bit better here too. It means that when you're at a water park, you know those annoying kids that just get way too close to you and keep bumping up against you? Well, they need to stay away. Yeah, six feet away. How cool is that? (laughs) I think we just made water parks better. (laughs) All right. Now if I could just be alone in a water park, that, that would be so much better. Let's take a look at our events. We start in 1896 in the city of Miami. I bet you they've got some pretty good water parks there, right? Yeah, well, on this day, it was incorporated. It became the the official city of Miami. The reason why I bring this up is because Miami is noted as the only major U.S. city that was founded by a woman. Yeah, Julia Tuttle. She is known as the mother of Miami. She was a local citrus grower. She was the original owner of much of the land where the city was built. Okay, we move to 1914 and the start of World War I. Okay, one month before, there was the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his pregnant wife, Sophie. 
there was that that happened. And you could say that that was the start. That was really the trigger. See, the thing was, there was a lot of tension caused by differences over foreign policy between the major world powers. I mean, the thing is, you've got a balance of power in European countries. You've got the Bosnian crisis, the crisis in Morocco between Germany and France. Everybody is building up their military forces. Something was bound to happen. So, yeah, the trigger happened about a month ago, but the war actually started on this day. Now, the U.S. actually stayed out of the war until 1917. It was the Lusitania, which was sunk by German submarine, killing 121 Americans. Uh, that was the trigger for the United States. However, uh, there was one more thing that happened. Germans announced that their submarines would sink any ship that approached Britain. So President Woodrow Wilson had enough and took Americans into the battle. Now, the thing is, the U.S. actually really didn't spend that much time because we were only there for about seven and a half months in actual combat. Okay, let's take a look at the stats for uh, World War I. 65 million troops were mobilized. 8 million troops died. 21 million troops were wounded. And it was the Treaty of Versailles that officially ended World War I in 1919. Now, Germany was never really happy with the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, we'll continue that story when we talk about World War II. Let's move now, though, to 1945. A U.S. Army bomber hits the Empire State Building. Yeah, a B-25 bomber from Massachusetts is heading for Newark Airport. There's really bad weather conditions on this day. So the bomber, it's flying at nearly 200 miles an hour flies right into the 70th, actually about the 78th, 79th floor of the Empire State Building. It left a 250-foot hole. It started fires. It ripped elevator cables. There was even a hole on the other side of the building. So basically, it went all the way through the building. How did the building survive? You've got 35,000 pounds at 200 miles per hour. That's a lot of mass, right? Well, here's the thing. The steel on the outside bent, but it didn't fracture. And therefore, the steel still supported the building. And the fire was put out quick enough not to cause damage to melt the steel. Okay, so of course, you make the comparison between the Empire State Building and the World Trade Center. Why did this building survive, but the World Trade Center did not? Well, the thing is, the design was very different. Okay, the Empire State Building is completely covered in concrete and steel. It's like a beehive, basically. It's got steel all around it, surrounding it, right? Whereas the World Trade Center was built with steel, steel beams on the outside and steel beams on the middle of the building. But the big chunk in between there was flexible office space. So there wasn't a whole lot of support there. So that was one of the issues. Also, there's the mass of the B-25, right? I mentioned we've got 35,000 pounds. However, that's much smaller than the planes that hit the World Trade Center. So there was also that issue. I, I bring this up because it's been brought up in so many different documentaries of why the difference. Well, it was a pretty darn different situation. All right, uh, let's uh, move now to a little biography for today. Yeah. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was born on this day in 1929. She was born Jacqueline Bouvier. 
And, you know, the thing is, what a lot of people don't know is that she was a skilled writer. She could have just been a journalist right from the beginning. And actually, in 1951, she won a Vogue magazine writing contest. This would give her an internship in France. But guess what? Her mom said no. And it's a good thing that she didn't because in 1952, that's when she met her first husband, JFK. Okay, he was an aspiring politician. They married in 1953. And then it was on. You know, he had sights on becoming the president. Now, she married a politician, but that doesn't mean that she was a politician. She actually hated campaigning. She wasn't a fan of big crowds. But in 1960, there were plenty of big crowds because that's when he became president of the United States. Now, what should she do? Well, she revitalized the White House, brought in great, amazing entertainment and art into the White House. People loved her style. And not just people here in the States, but <laughs> people like Nikita Khrushchev and Charles de Gaulle. She charmed just about every world leader. In 1963, at the assassination, she planned the funeral. She patterned the funeral after Lincoln. And a year later, she moved to New York with her kids. Then RFK was assassinated. And at the same time or so, she had been spending some time with Aristotle and Assis. She was concerned about her kids' protection. So she moved to Greece and married Aristotle Onassis. So she became Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. They were together until his death. She moved back to New York and worked in publishing. And then she was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and died in 1994 at the age of 64. Other birthdays today. Lori Laughlin turns 57. Soldier Boy is 31. Cher Lloyd is 28. And Elizabeth Berkeley is 49. That's your look at July 28th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart. And we're super sorry. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ. I'll talk to you tomorrow.